of the Burns and Gambo show. I imagine at some point during this hour, we'll probably get official word from the Suns. Maybe not. It's an 8 o'clock tip time, so maybe we won't totally for sure here. Uh, but we are expecting that Chris Paul is going to play tonight against the Boston Celtics. It was reported as such earlier today by Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports. Uh, Chris Paul himself commented today after practice. I'll play that audio for you uh, in a moment. We had James Jones on earlier, the president of Basketball Ops and the GM for the Suns, and he didn't quite want to confirm it. He said there's still some I's to be dotted and still some T's to be crossed. He's questionable. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, this morning, you know, came in, uh, did some things. But, you know, until we know for sure, we're just going to continue to say he's questionable. All right. But Chris Paul? feel pretty good. Um, you know, I'm going to see how I feel after this. You know what I mean? And go from there. All right, so basically, they're not willing to commit to he's going to play yet. But a lot of people feel there's a good chance that Chris Paul's going to play. Yeah. He hasn't played. It's a full month now that he hasn't played. Yep. It's, uh, he had played 10 games in a season. He got a month off. Now, we've talked about this. I don't think that this month off now does anything once the playoff comes around. Oh, Chris Paul should be healthy because he got a month off in November. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't None matter. of that stuff matters. Doesn't translate. What matters is how many games you play back to back to back to back to back. That's what wears players down that are older over time. You know, if they get the, hey, we play on a Monday, but then we don't play Tuesday, Wednesday, and play Thursday. Those are great for older players. But playing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, that's not good for older players. And that, you know, that has worn Chris out over time. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to getting him back because I really want to see, you know, how he plays. Because those first 10 games, they were ugly. They were bad. Oh, you know, Chris Paul's been out for so long, I think a lot of people forget just how poorly Chris Paul played. It was terrible. It was a big topic on our shows. Oh, my God, what happened to Chris Paul? Did he really just hit a wall on his 37th birthday and all of a sudden he can't play anymore? Because you don't usually, you know, usually you see a gradual decline with players. With Chris, it was almost like he hit this wall and then just fell off the face of the earth. He dropped so much. In case you don't remember, okay, I'm comparing his numbers this year to his career numbers. Points per game, career, 18 this year, nine and a half. Three point shooting percentage, career. 36.8. Terrible. This year, 27.3. 27.3 from three for Chris Paul. Assists, career 9.5. This year, 9.4. That's right on, right that's on. right where it no needs loss. to be. Uh, turnovers, career 2.4 per game. This year, 1.5. So th- that's better than his typical career numbers. Uh, shooting from the field overall, career 47.3. This year for the Suns, 36.8. How about free throw percentage? Free throw percentage. Give me a minute. 87.1 for his career. 88 percentage. 88 percent, pardon me, this season. Okay, so that hasn't changed. So that hasn't changed. So I, is the she's right? The regular field goal shooting and three-point shooting. I'm surprised he's a career 87% free throw shooter. Why? This just seems low. You thought it was in the nineties? Yeah. I did. I did. I I thought. I would have bet a mortgage payment he was a career 90% free throw shooter. I don't know why. He just They always talk about how he never misses from the free throw line. I would have thought he would have been better than I mean, 87 is great. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to kick you out of the league for that. I just thought that would have been better. But to your point, that's you're right. I mean, remember last year. Chris Paul had, what, a five-week break in the middle of the season because of an injury that he mm-hmm. suffered. And everybody, even us, were like, oh, man, it's the best thing that could have happened. This it is going to be great. He's going to come back. He's going to be rested. This is going to buy him time. No, it doesn't matter. And this break now doesn't matter. The only, the only two things that matter 
or one, how does he play when he gets back? Because he was really not having a good season when he got hurt. And number two, did the Suns learn enough about themselves how to play and how to win without him? Because at this point, I think it's a virtual guarantee. Chris Paul will have moments in the playoffs where he's not himself, where he doesn't play very well, where the Suns aren't going to be able to rely on him the way they've come to rely on him, and they better have other options in the queue ready to take over when that happens. Did they learn enough about themselves without him this time around so that when he has those off off games in April and May, they're better equipped to deal with it? That might be the most important question of them all yeah. now. Well, listen, in the, in the that and you know that Dallas series was that really the end? There were seven games played in the Dallas Mavericks series. He had ten assists once, and it was ten. He had under ten assists six times. He had a four assist game. He had another four assist game. He had another four assist game. He had a three assist game. Who is that? Who is that guy? Three point shooting wise. I mean, he never made more than three. He made three in one game, and he made one and two in all the other games. Um, and so he wasn't shooting the three. It was wide open for him, and he wasn't really shooting it. Points, he, you know, he started off with 19, and then he had 28, and then 12, 5, 7, 13, 10. So the first game, 19 points and three assists. The second game, 28 points and eight assists. But then it was just all downhill from there. 12 points, four assists, five points, um, seven assists, seven points, 10 assists, 13 and four, and then 10 and four. And it was just, that's not Chris Paul. Like you, you that's not elite. That's not star player. That's not, that's not the guy that's going to get you over the hump in a tough seven game series. Yeah, that's no. a, that's a below average player. So we had, as I mentioned, James Jones on today. We asked him if his absence ended up being beneficial for the team. Here's what James said. I'm happy for the guys that they've been able to perform, take advantage of their opportunities, but I do think it's been beneficial for us because so many times throughout the course of the year, you're trying to force rotations and force experimentation. Well, for us, circumstances forced us to come out and look at our team differently and ask guys to step up, and they've done a valiant job doing it. I think it's been beneficial, and Chris Paul was asked about that today, too. Competing, competition, you know, we out, Cam Johnson's out, uh, T. Craig missed a few games, and, you know, I think when you're on a team like ours, you, you think big picture, you know, guys go out there and battle the next man up, and it's nice to be on a team like that. Yeah, and he called it beneficial for some of those guys to get more runs. It's very beneficial. You've seen it from other teams all over the league from years to go on. You know, guys get a chance to get their confidence. Uh, not the campaign needs confidence, but even playing great. Uh, it's Wayne Wright been in there playing well, and we, we just always had that culture in that team. I'm happier to have them than not. Yes. I think we would all, you know, no one is saying the Suns are a better team without Chris Paul, but I also think that the day is coming very soon where they're not going to have Chris Paul, and based off of what we've seen last year, the last couple of years in the playoffs, there are going to be moments when Chris Paul's not going to be enough. You're going to need more than him, and I think that's what's important to kind of think about here is do you have enough when Chris Paul, when Devin Booker's being double-teamed, trapped, the ball is out of his hands, and you've got somebody else to step up, and Chris Paul's having an off day. Do you have somebody on your roster who's capable of stepping into that void and being that guy. And I feel better about that now than I did before. Can you get too high or too low off of what he does tonight? Has a great game, you get too high, or bad game, you get too low. Can one game... 
can we overreact to one game on either side of that equation? I think we'll over. I think we're more apt to overreact on the negative side of that equation than the positive side. If he has a bad game tonight, we'll well, we come, could say that's Russ. He we hasn't could, played in a month. We could. But if he we, has a great game. It could be like, oh, that was against the Celtics, and I, he played great. You're right. But I just think if he has a bad game tonight, while there will be a, a natural instinct to blame it on Russ, we'll also think, oh, man. You know, the layoff didn't do him any good at all, right? He, he played poorly before, and he's playing poorly now. And, and I think there will be I think we've got to be careful with it. You know, I think there'll be a tendency maybe to overreact to that. Whereas if he has a good game, I think it'll be like, all right, go do it again. You know, go do it again and go do it again. Let's see where you're at. But, but yeah, you got to be careful both ways. I don't think you should. I don't think anybody should overreact to what Chris Paul does tonight. Five games? Five games. Five games. Is fair. Will be Boston, New Orleans, New Orleans, Houston, LA. That'll take you to December Which 15th. Which LA? Clippers. Clippers. Okay. Five games. That's fair to do a five-game kind of sample. Yeah. So that gives him, they play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. He's up. That's that Wednesday, then Friday, then Sunday, then Tuesday, then Thursday, then Saturday, then Monday. It's a playoff-like schedule. That's the playoff schedule. Yeah. So the rest of this month, and even a back-to-back, Monday, Tuesday, December 19th and 20th, back-to-back, Lakers and Washington. It might be one of the strangest, most out-of-nowhere feuds we've seen in quite some time. But Kyler Murray was all smiles today when talking about Patrick Peterson's comments. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. We all remember what Patrick Peterson said about a week ago, right? Of course we remember what Patrick Peterson said. Can't wait for this guy to retire. Said about a week ago. Verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about, and, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately, but it tells me he doesn't care about his coach, his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying, Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. And I'll just stop Patrick Peterson right there because we don't need to hear Brian McFadden all verbally yeah. handcuffed again about what to say in response to that. Uh, we saw Kyler Murray's response on Twitter a week ago, and it was almost, in fact, it was exactly a week ago when all of this went down. Today, for the first time, Kyler Murray spoke on the subject, and he said, frankly, I was super shocked and a little confused over Patrick Peterson. No, 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 no. Um, no, I mean, just, well, I was honestly, I was super shocked, you know, when I seen it because I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't even have Twitter on my phone, you know. Keith, Keith actually sent it to me. Uh, ask you, you know, he asked me what I did to him. I said, I don't know. So, I mean, that, that was kind of the gist around. I was confused. It's fair to say, what did you do to that guy for him to hit you like that, man? What did you do to? What did you do to that guy? Yeah, he's got it out for you. What did you do? But you also, I mean, do you do you take a look in the mirror if somebody calls you like that's basically calling you like you're, you're selfish. You are a selfish person. You don't care about anybody but yourself. Is there pause? Is there Am I really like that? Should I, do I need to reevaluate myself? Or do you automatically go to the blame game? Man, I must have done something to that guy for him to be so mad at me. Um, I, that's a great, really that, only one or the other. That's a great question. And, and it, it was honestly one that we talked about a little bit late last week, um, when you were in Vegas with your son for his baseball tournament. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think, it's hard to filter out how Patrick Peterson said it, right? Because he just said it in such a, kind of classlessly code-violating kind of way. 
And you're just not supposed to talk about another active athlete like that in your sport. It's just not cool to do it like that. That's why it was so shocking. People just couldn't remember a time when an athlete was that honest, you know, who said what he said about another athlete who's in the league. But think about, okay, for Kyler, whether it's that pregame conversation with Steve Young and RG3 on the Monday Night Football game, whether it's Patrick Peterson, whether it's any of it, right? Whether the homework clause and the fallout from the homework clause, does all of that cause Kyler to have a moment of self-reflection and wonder whether he truly is doing everything he could do to be as great as he could be? I, I kind of hope so. If it comes from you, know? listen, if it comes from me or you. An athlete's like, you know, listen, I can call a guy a bum all day long. If I call somebody selfish, I don't know that. Like, for, chances are I don't know that guy that well. They don't really take, they take that with a grain of salt. Like, if somebody in the media or somebody in, on ESPN calls Kyler Murray selfish, and you don't know him, you know, I know guys, they don't take it that seriously. But this is a guy who was a teammate of yours for a couple of years. Sure. He's a teammate. This is a guy like, now, that's different than Max Kellerman calling him selfish or... Jason Lock and Four are calling himself. You know what I'm saying? Or anybody that covers the league that doesn't really know him. Oh, I see. He's, he, oh, he's a selfish player. You don't really take that, you know, into consideration because you don't know me. Patrick Peterson, like, he was your teammate. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think it's different coming from Pat Pete because it's a guy that played with him. Now, the thing is, does Pat have an agenda? Because Pat always has an agenda. Right. And that agenda could be, I despise the Cardinals organization, and I will do everything I can to hammer them and anybody associated with them any chance I get. And that's why I actually think it's easier to dismiss what Patrick Peterson has to say. Because of that? Because of that. Because it appears he has an axe to grind. Because it appears he's made it this very personal thing for him to bash the organization and everybody about the organization every single chance he gets. And so for me, and maybe this is just me talking here, maybe Kyler's totally different. I don't know. Maybe he ignores all of it. But for me, I'd be more impacted by that conversation they had on Monday Night Football, right? Here's Fitz talking up Colt McCoy. And here's RG3 talking about you need to go back to school. And here's Steve Young talking about how they really need Kyler to kind of get back to basics and admit that he doesn't know everything. Because that's, that's evaluating your game. That's the kind of stuff that I would, I'd be like, if I were Kyler, I'd be like, oh man. You know, do I, am I doing everything I can do? Patrick Peterson, yeah, he played with me. Yeah, he, we were teammates a couple of years ago. But Patrick Peterson also said it in such a way that it's just really easy to go, yeah, man, whatever. Okay, fine. Kyler don't care nothing but anything about Kyler. I mean, come on. Do we really think that that's the truth? I don't. So I think it becomes easier to dismiss because it's just obvious that Patrick is just intent on starting fires everywhere he can when it comes to the Cardinals. You can ignore guys like that because he's like, the boy who cried wolf, right? That's what I think. And Kyler's like, he's ripe for the taking right now. Oh, four and eight. He's not playing well. Team's not playing well. Got a big contract. Had the homework clause in there. You start to throw all those things in there. And again, like, like I said, he's right for the taking, man. Anybody, you, you, you could take a shot at Kyler and feel confident that people could be like, yeah, he's right. He's right about Kyler. And I'll tell you something else that didn't help Kyler's cause. Even though in the moment I knew exactly what he meant, when he made that comment after the Chargers game about schematically we were we were screwed. Yeah. You know? That was so taken out of context by everybody. Everybody thought he was, you know, oh, he's talking about his coach. He's talking about his system. He's talking about his team. He's talking about his offense. He was talking about one play. He was talking about one play in that game. But because he said it the way he said it, 
you know, that day, it opened him up. I mean, that's what prompted Patrick Peterson to say what he said on the podcast. The part of that audio that we don't hear is Brian McFadden kind of using that quote, schematically, we were screwed, to elicit that response from Patrick Peterson. So when Kyler says that, I knew what he meant. He was talking about that fourth and one play against the Chargers. But it seems like around the league, that thing got taken out of context, and suddenly they're talking about he feels that way about Cliff, or he feels that way about the offense. That's not what he meant at all, but that's what kind of got him in trouble. It's interesting that a, that a guy that cares more about you know Pro Bowls than a Super Bowl ring oh. is talking about somebody being selfish. It, that, that's, that is the totally ironic, funny part about it. Like, really, Patrick Peterson? You're giving out lessons on how to right. be not selfish? You? Mr. PED, Mr. Six Game Suspension, Mr. Team Captain asking for a trade in the middle of Steve Wilkes' first. You are giving us a lecture on the value of being humble and not selfish? I mean, come on. Like, that's what also makes it really easy for Kyler to dismiss. You know, like, come on, it's Patrick yeah. Peterson. I'm not going to lose any going sleep. Going back to this. a Vince Murata story on the website 2015, Patrick Peterson would take Hall of Fame jacket over Super Bowl ring. Yeah. I'd probably go with the gold jacket. The simple fact is you'd be remembered forever as a Super Bowl champion. You'd be remembered forever as well. But the gold jacket, that's a very small fraternity to get into. I believe it's in the mid-260s. Yeah, that's Patrick Peterson. You know, the Super Bowl ring should be the thing you chase the most. But that's that wasn't it for him. He's I, So that's, you want selfish. That's more selfish. I care more about an individual accomplishment than a team accomplishment. Yep, and that makes it easier to dismiss. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers, head to the State Farm Stadium on May 14th with the Strokes. Tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. this Friday, but you can win a pair of tickets now by heading to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. I will be there that night, May 14th. You are? Oh, I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're great. They are fantastic. I gotta get to Morgan Wallen. Huh? Morgan Wallen. I gotta get tickets for Morgan Wallen. What Chelsea? are you shaking? Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Chelsea. I took it to Elton John. I owe her now Morgan Wallen. She loved Elton John. She did love Elton John. Well, you, you, it sounded like she it was some kind of a chore because you took her to Elton John. She loved Elton John. I took her to go see a 75-year-old. She, this, uh, Morgan Wallen is her music. I got to get her to Morgan Wallen. <laughs> I'm going. I don't know one song the guy sings. Have Not fun with that. I'll be a Red Hot Chili Peppers. Take me home, country road to... No, that's not... They're not on the same night, but... When we come back earlier today, three full segments of passion-filled answers from new ASU head coach Kenny Dillingham. If you missed it, we'll give you the greatest hits next on the Burns and Gambo Show. here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday afternoon. And again, our thanks to Kenny Dillingham, the new head coach at ASU. Everyone over there in the sports information office who helped coordinate a Gambo, who you booked it a week ago, uh, to get Kenny Dillingham in studio with us to have a face-to-face conversation about the state of ASU football now that he's taking the job. It was uh, an energetic conversation. You would expect that with Kenny Dillingham, right? I mean, like everything, the passion, the energy, the nonstop motor, man, it was for 45 minutes in our studios here in the Oxygen Community Studios. It was all on display. You could just see how excited 
he is about this job, no matter how hard the work might be. And it's going to be hard work. Yeah. He is so excited about it. Now, this is his job. This is his dream job. This is where he wants to be. And, you know, he's, he talked a lot about the culture, changing the culture at ASU and, you know, recruiting the players in-house and getting the top players to stay here. And he's got the passion. I mean, if you were listening and you're a player, you'd want to run through a wall for that guy. And if you're a, you're a fan, you're probably running into season ticket office right now. I want to watch this guy's teams because they're going to play hard and they're going to play disciplined. And I'm excited to see if he can get this thing turned around. You do have to be a little bit patient. It's not going to happen overnight. But I think this is the right guy for the job. I think a lot of patience is going to be required. And I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer about everything. I just think not even counting the punishment that's coming from the NCAA whenever it comes. All right. That, that's going to put a bit of a drag on things. This is going to take time for him. This is going to take time for him to make those inroads. This is going to take time for him to build. He used the word culture again and again and again and again. In fact, I'll I'll play this soundbite here on keeping players that want to win. The key is having a good culture. Yeah, I think the key is you want guys, if guys don't want to be here, you don't want them here. Culture wins. Through all this, there's a reason why some teams sustain success. It's because they've built up their culture. I believe until until uh, Georgia and Kirby Smart, I think he was the first head coach to win a national title after taking over a program in some time, and it took him seven years to do it. So basically what I'm saying is you're not going to hire a new coach and win overnight. The people who are patient, the people who build the culture, eventually you win, right? But it takes time. It does. Culture, a lot of the great time. coaches in college football, they would have been fired, in, you know, with the with the philosophies today. Even in the NFL and college football, you you know, two and three years, you got to win or you're out of here. Well, sometimes it takes more than that. You've got to be patient to build, especially where ASU is coming from. They are coming from the bottom now, and the cupboards are kind of bare. So it is going to take him time to get it right. It is, and I and I think ASU fans have to. And I think he's going to get that time. To be honest with you, I I think ASU fans understanding what everybody went through with the Herm Edwards era, the, the the highs and the lows. I think ASU fan mostly understands that great patience is going to be required here, and this is something that isn't going to happen in a year. This is something that might not happen in two. And certainly the factor that of the of the punishments coming down is going to weigh into that. But it was the, towards the end of the conversation, and again, we had him in here for 45 minutes. It was fascinating to hear the two of you go back and forth about this being his dream job. Here's what Dillingham had to say about that. But you keep saying that this is this is your dream job. You don't want to go any, anywhere else. No, it's my dream job. So you my- cannot picture yourself, even with success, leaving ASU at any point. I cannot right now picture myself with success leaving Arizona State. Because your big thing... And it's and it's a it's a good thing has been for almost as long as I've known you. What you want more than anything is a coach so good that he takes another job somewhere else because of the great things he did at ASU. They all want to hire him. That that everybody wants to hire the guy because he's got ASU rolling and having success, and then a, a big program comes in and st- because that would mean he had success. Every coach since I've been here has got fired. They got fired because they're no good. Right, because they're not because they're not having success. They right. all get everyone's been fired. So you push Dillingham a little bit. This is my dream job. I'm not going anywhere. Even if you have success, even if I have success, here's the follow up. I would always think that if if somebody had that success, then somebody would want that coach, and I want that. I want somebody to want ASU's coaches because that would mean winning. That would mean the programs are winning and having success. You see where I'm going? I agree a hundred percent, and I hope I get called every other year for a job, and I can tell all these recruits, look, I'm making the same decision you have to make right now and i'm choosing to stay why not you simple as that so you're no matter what you're staying this is home
See, now that's, it took us 45 minutes to get there. Yeah. That was the moment where I'm like, wow. You know, that was, that to me was powerful. Like, I hope that happens. I hope I get called for bigger and better jobs every yeah. year because when I me stay, too. then I can tell recruits, I'm staying. How about you? And when he said it, you could just see every, like, Zach's nodding his head on the other side of the glass. Eric's nodding his head on the other side. That was the moment where I was like, oh, crap. Ooh. Okay. Okay. That's a big. Do we have the. Yeah, I do. I, I was going to. I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. set you up. Don't worry. No, I, I, I know where we're going. In fact, let's play it right now because part of his vision of how this is going to work is keeping local kids local. And he believes that that if the elite local players want to stay, then others will follow. Eric, play that for me. Please. It takes one person to create a group. One person starts it. One person will follow. One person will follow. Do you know who that person is right now? There's do you have, your, do you have your eye on one? I have my eye on one. I can't say who it is, but he knows who he is. He knows who he is. I can't comment on it. Is they he know a junior? Who they are. Is he a senior? Is he a sophomore? Just tell me the grade. You I, can't, I, play I can't comment on it. But there's a there's some there's a a couple kids that could literally change the trajectory of their life, their life, by saying I was the one who started this. Are you talking with them now? Uh, of course, I'm talking with them now. Do you, do you feel good about any of them? I mean, I I feel like we're thinking. I feel like there's a group of kids in this valley who are thinking, why not? All right, so we have a bunch of high school guys here that really that cover high school. Zach and Eric and, and even the guys out there, Danny and Jake, these guys know high school sports really well. I picked their brains for as long as I could just to see who, who is it? Who's this? He's, the consensus is in here, in here, that he's talking about a guy named Deuce Robinson. Pinnacle High School, 6'6", senior tight end, Zach, you're shaking your head. You you cover high school sports. This kid's legit. Yeah, so on AZ Preps Live uh, last Saturday, we were talking about it with Kevin McCabe, and this is a guy who, going to the state title game, he had four touchdowns in just 30 seconds into the second half. He already had four touchdowns for the Pioneers. They went on to win, and now they're going to play Highland in the 6A title game on Saturday. He has been lights out all season long, and I just know that his commitment to USC is a big big highlight on that for that side but also being the number one recruit right now in Arizona he's just he's got everybody's eyes on him and I gotta think that Dillingham who recruited him with Oregon Oregon, to Oregon I think that's the guy Mm -hmm. I think the guy Dillingham's talking about is Deuce Robinson number one recruit in Arizona he Dillingham recruited him to Oregon before he committed to USC he's a dual sport guy football baseball fifth in the state in yards with 1439 13 touchdowns and 13 games Games. It's been great for Pinnacle. That I think that's the type of player he. I think that's the player that he's talking. To. He wouldn't tell us. We don't know. But in picking the brains of the guys who cover high school sports, that's the guy. You get him. You get Deuce Robinson. All the other other players will follow. They'll want to play with Deuce. He's six six, two twenty five. They'll want to play at ASU with him. So the feeling in here after Dillingham had talked about it when you. God, who's he talking about? Everybody was asking, who is he talking about? The feeling is he's talking about Deuce Robinson. And if you could get him, you're going to get a lot of other kids to follow to income to ASU. But that also highlights the problem with getting him. USC? You know, I mean, that's that's where the real choice has to be made by the kid. And Todd Heap once chose ASU. I know, stayed but, home. And you know what? That was a long time ago. 
That was a long time ago. That was what? 20 Ten years ago? Huh? Seven years ago? No, I'm just dating. I'm dating myself. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> just see the look. No, I'm teasing. I you know. I know. Well. I know. I just saw the look on my face like, what? Yeah, it was over 20 years ago. Like I get it. I know. Years ago. I know. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And and that was a program that wasn't facing sanctions from the NCAA. That was it. And look, if it happens, it happens. But that is a perfect highlight of how tough this job is going to be at first because you're asking a kid to stay home and play for a program that's going to gonna be, be the leader you know be the guy that's going to be ncaa punishments for a couple of years and not go to usc that's a that's a tough 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 ask tough ask i understand anybody. i understand but i mean i was talking about if you get one guy then you're going to get a group and th- that's the number one guy yeah. you get him maybe a group follows it was a great conversation and we do appreciate him coming down there's no doubt about that texas your thoughts the fan duel text line it's open for you right now 620 620 here on the burns and gambo show kenny dillingham wasn't the only guest we had on today sons president of basketball operations james jones Big game tonight. He's fired up about it. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Busy night tonight. Local sports. Um, man, I'll tell you, I'll certainly watch both. But any other night, ASU versus Southern Methodist. ASU's 8 1 on the season. Let's go. That game's a 7 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it on ESPN 620 in the Arizona Sports app or 987 FM HD 2. It's also televised on ESPNU. That game starts at 7 o'clock tonight for an 8 1 Sun Devil team. It's 2 0 so far in the conference. I think they're, they got their next conference game is against U of A. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, you know? is it? I believe it's, it's still a Ooh. week or two away, I think. But yeah, I believe their next conference game oh, is against that Arizona. That's a big game. Coyotes are taking on Edmonton tonight, of course, on the road. That's last game of the road trip. Yep, 7.30 face-off. That is the last game of their never-ending 14-game road trip that finally concludes. They host the Boston Bruins on Friday at Mullet Arena. These guys are going to get home. They're going to be where's my house? I forgot. Where do I live? Where do I live? But you know what? All you have to do is like look on your maps, and you can get there. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully. Like, you know what? Gambo, you being the tech-savvy guy that you are, uh-huh. I'm sure on your maps, yeah. you've told the maps where your home is. So you could just you could just hit your Siri assistant on your phone and say, Siri, put up a map to my house, and it should come up just like that. Right? Because I'm sure you've done that. It says homework. There you go. 41 minutes to get home today. That's what it says right now. You know, I funny. can press on home, and it says... 41 minutes. I just said, hey, Siri. Like you don't have a home. My Siri just activated when I said Siri. Sorry if I did that to anybody else out there. Now, Gambo, Siri is Siri what they have in phone. Apple phones. I don't have Siri. It doesn't come on. I don't have Siri. No, you have Siri. Yes, Siri. I don't. I've never used hold, Siri hold on my down, phone. Hold down the side button. Hold down the side the button. lock button. Now say Siri. Siri. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> now tell Siri what she wanted to do. What year did Arizona become a state? February 14th, 1912. Wow, the magic of the internet. Wow, I didn't know I had that either. I didn't know I had that. Oh, my God. I swear to God I had no idea I had that. I believe you. That's the problem. 
I have it at home where I can play music for the dogs and stuff, but that's all I use it for. I know just the place for you, Gambo. At the Apple Store, they have these classes that teach you every single feature about your phone. Because I feel like you could actually use some of You know these. what? Honestly, you, you really should sign up for the Genius Bar at the Apple my, Store. My, you would really benefit from it. I got it. WhatsApp. You got a WhatsApp? That's why, because in Italy, that's how like I stay in touch with people in Italy. The WhatsApp. I don't have. I the have WhatsApp. WhatsApp. I don't have the WhatsApp, but I've I've heard of the WhatsApp. Yes. See, my whole thing is like photos and videos. So I have like Shutterfly for my photos and Google Photos for my videos. And man, for the longest time, I kept losing stuff, and I couldn't figure out why. Like, why is this stuff not staying in here? Because I don't want to keep everything on my phone. Like, I like to delete it. So I want to like, if I take a picture or a video, I want to put it in my account, Shutterfly or Google, for, and then be able to delete it off my phone so I don't have 40 million photos and videos on my phone. Okay. Makes sense? That makes sense, yeah. So I think you should, I think a visit to the Apple bar, the genius bar. So I was bar. always like, I'm always petrified because I like, sometimes like I'll put stuff in there and then it'll be gone like a month later. Like, why, like, I still don't know. Like, why is that photo gone? Why is that video not there anymore? I used to have like 20 videos from Venice. Now I have seven. Like, why are they not there? I don't understand. Somebody make my guy an appointment, please. Somebody, Wait, I have, somebody, somebody set my guy I've up. Got, I, I've got my, my uh, app for my car. I could start the car. I have that. I know how to do that. Okay. Yeah, good. So I know how to do that. Well, that I have, that's um, good. I'm impressed. I have Life360. So I know where my family is at okay. all times, that's even wonderful. the ones in Italy. Fantastic. That's I great. Check on, I check on my cousins in Italy and know exactly where they are, if they're home or work or everything. I've got decent apps, okay. I think. Okay. I, I'm, you know what? I'm sure you're doing fine, Gambo. Just fine. Hey, Siri, how do you set up appointments at the Apple store? (laughs) I got the weather. I know the weather app. I can check it. And I even put like all the places I've been to, like Zurich and Rome and Lozeno and Fairbanks and Kong and Dublin and Rovaniemi so I can see what the temperature is in places that I visited. See, now I only think you London, brought that Capri. up to brag about the places you've been. I, I don't think there was actually any no, real reason like to bring that up. No, other I always than the do that. Like, I was like, like, what you know? What, what's the temperature right now in Dublin, Ireland? It's thirty-four degrees. What's the temperature in Finland? Rovaniemi. It's eighteen degrees in do, Finland. Do you, do you need to know that right now? I'd like to know that. Is it important to know what, what? what's the temperature in Messina? It's fifty-seven degrees in Messina, Sicily. Thank God, Portofino. It's fifty degrees. It's twenty-four degrees in Norway. Can I play some sound here to save you from yourself? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, James Jones earlier today. He's questionable. You know, we'll we'll see. Um, but you know, this morning, you know, came in, uh, did some things. But you know, until we know for sure, we're just going to continue to say he's questionable. Tory Craig as well. Uh, no, he's available. I okay. think Tory's ready to go. Um, he had a really good day yesterday and t- this morning. So. Uh, it'll be big for us getting him back because he matches up well with, with Jason and, and Jalen. All right, so that was James Jones on with us earlier today. Chris Paul, they're still waiting and seeing. I, I imagine they'll give him one more kind of run through today after they get down there at the arena. But he felt like he was going to play this morning after shoot around. So we'll see how he feels tonight. James Jones not confirming it with us earlier today, but it's certainly possible. Tory Craig is going to play more than anything. James, like a lot of us, is very excited about the Celtics. I mean, well, it's fun. You know, you, you look forward to these games because you know that everyone else does too. You know, your opponents bringing it. You know that your fans have been, have circled this this matchup on the calendar. Uh, the only only challenge is these late games. When a game's this late, you're anxious to play, so you have to wait an extra hour. But uh, you live for these moments when you're playing. I'm not looking forward to the fact that it's an eight o'clock game. 
Now, and not because I like to go to bed early, but just because I, I don't want to. You are a 9.45 go-to-bed oh, guy. I'm usually in bed by 9.45 guy. I won't yeah. be tonight. I mean, I'm the first to admit it. I, I like to be in bed before the clock hits double digits. But more than anything, I just I want to go home and watch this game. You know, like I'm really excited about this game. And I hope, I hope it lives up. I really do. I hope it's a. I hope it's a really. It doesn't matter who wins be. or loses. It really doesn't. It'd be great if they won. It's not the end well, of the world if they the lose. Game. I just. I really want a game that lives up to the hype of the best team in the West versus the best team in the East. Yeah, because the last time the Suns played a basketball game it was over in the first quarter, and it's like <laughs> that was tough. Like yes. that's tough. And most NBA games are not like that. Most NBA games are not like that. But I, as good as the Celtics are, and they're playing great basketball, the Suns, I expect the Suns to be up for a challenge. I do too. Because that's what that's what they do. That's going to do it for us. We are out of here. We're going to see you tomorrow, straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.